This is the Squared Goal Podcast with Mark Morris and Jared Meruyama. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Squared Co. Podcast. I am your host, Mark Morris, and with me again, Mr. Jared Mariyama. What's going on, Jared? Hey, Mark, why are there still boxes behind you? You have been in this place (laughs) forever. What's going on? Are you moving again? (laughs) So I've told you before, uh, I don't know if it's been shared on the podcast, but I have like a three-story, I moved into a three-story place, our bottom floor is where I'm going to have like our printing studio. Mm. So recently I moved all the boxes from there up to my office and that's why there's extra boxes here today. Um, but thank you for letting everybody know that my office is a mess. Yes. Right it's now. good thing. It's not a, a I, YouTube. I appreciate it. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> well for that, I would just like, I don't know, put a backdrop behind me or something. So nobody would be able to see it anyway. Um, <laughs> But before we introduce our guest, um, this Sunday was the season finale for a very special show that I think our guests will also want to talk about. Jared, did you have a chance to watch it? Yeah, I, of course. I, did I have I a chance <laughs> to watch it? Yes, absolutely. So I have HBO Go, so I can watch it on when the uh, I, on they post the it when the uh, you know when the East Coast feed starts, I believe. So. Oh, so you get a whole three hours early. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I assumed everybody did that, but I know, you know, people are screaming about spoilers uh, right away. So uh, I just keep quiet for a while. Well, but. if you if you care about that stuff, I just assume you turn off all social media of like Sunday until you get a chance to view it yourself. Absolutely. But I have a feeling our guest knows all about this and I know yes, you know yes, nothing yes. about this. So <laughs> I am going to save the right. conversation for her. All right, so we're going to actually just trade places right now. Let me introduce <laughs> our guest for the day. It is the artist and illustrator, Nan Lawson. Welcome to the show, Nan. Hey. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you so, so much for coming on. Um, so, of course, the show we are talking about is Game of Thrones. And we know you're a fan because oh, I think the, the, the last... <laughs> <laughs> have you heard of it? The last, like... <laughs> four or five posts you have or game of thrones related so uh, yeah. i think it's safe to say that you are a fan yes now did, um, so did, did you here, watch I'm gonna, the sh- oh i'm just gonna bow out here so it's gonna be jared oh, and for the next 15 minutes so have fun you guys so dramatic uh <laughs> oh, did <yeah>. you <laughs> did you watch the show from the beginning or did you come to it sort of later uh my my husband and i started watching it i think right after the first season ended Okay. So we like binged the first season and then we were caught up with everything okay. else. Yeah. So I did something similar. I started way late for, for some reason it didn't interest me at the beginning. Um, it was really then, slow at the beginning. It was a little slow, but I think that's where binging helps, right? Like yeah. you can just get right <laughs> through them instead of uh, having to wait each week. So yeah. uh, I think I came into it about, I don't know, season five or something or four. Uh, oh, wow. binge those yeah like all one summer and caught up before the the season started but um what did you think of the episode um, so this will be spoiler territory yes just this so is okay. listening. Yeah. yeah don't worry feel about free that. yeah let it all out um <laughs> i enjoyed it i thought it was good um yeah. i think the season 
overall had its issues, but the last episode I enjoyed. So what are some of the issues that you had with, with the past season? <laughs> it was a short one. It was a short season too. So It was a short season, but the episodes were a lot longer. Yeah. But it felt like all of the other seasons, you got a lot of great character stuff. Because mm-hmm. they were so slow and like t- methodical and taking their time, and now it feels like they're just sort of rushing to get to the finish line. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, things like the Daenerys John romance was like so <laughs> underdeveloped and yeah, um, frustrating. <laughs> I would agree but with I, that. I have <laughs> a question for you guys. Uh-oh. So. You said that it was a slow start. At what point did you guys both like get really interested in the show? Which season or episode in season one did it really like kind of ramp up for you guys and really pique your interest? Um, either either one of you. Go ahead, Nat. Finale Nan. of the first season. I was like, oh, they did that. <laughs> so I'm re- in. <laughs> what was the season finale? I don't even remember. I can't. Well, oh, actually, it. was it the season finale? Maybe it was the episode before when they killed Ned Stark. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Because I remember thinking then, like, oh, I thought he was the star of the show. I, know, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Are um, you so? Are you guys a fan of like this show is notorious for killing off like the popular and uh, the more popular characters? Do you think that works for it or do you like or dislike that that fact that this series is kind of is not afraid to kill off some major characters? Um, I like it. I I, I think it makes, uh, you know, refreshing. Well, it makes everything feel uh, like anything can happen. Right. So you don't go into any episode thinking like, oh, no, they won't kill them off because it's only the second episode of the season. And like they would (laughs) they they would do it at the first season and kill off a major character. Uh, So I think it it adds to the tension uh, of everything and sort of adds a weight to like the action. So like if, I don't know, if, a, if someone makes a threat, you feel like, Oh, well that could really happen. You don't feel like, mm-hmm. Oh, they're not going to kill, oh, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. they're not going to kill Sheldon off of the big bang theory. <laughs> on the, you know, <laughs> you just know that's never going to happen. So yeah. I think it, it, it helps, uh, helps the story. What about you, Ned? Um, I agree with that. I think so. I think I feel the same way. I mean, sometimes it's a little gratuitous, but yeah, <laughs> Uh, and now they've introduced the fact that you can bring people back from the dead. So it's like, well, what's going to yeah. happen with, I mean, they've done that already a couple of times. So <laughs> exactly. Yes. What was the biggest loss for each of you? Nan, you go first, which character loss hit you the hardest? Uh, well, it was hard. It's hard because I read the books first. Oh, you did. Oh, so, you, yeah. so you cheated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I guess when I read it in the books, uh, Catelyn mm-hmm. Stark was the hardest. Mm-hmm. And the most surprising one was Joffrey. Mm. Like, I didn't see that coming at all. So was that different in the book, how they handled his death, or...? No, it was pretty much the same. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. What about in general with the books? Because I haven't read any of the books, and I thought about maybe once the series was over, I'd go back and, and probably listen to the books. I don't know that I'd read them all. Uh, but do you feel it's been sort of a faithful representation of what's in the books? For the most part, especially the first couple of seasons, they definitely mm-hmm. stuck to the to the book. Yeah, um, I think obviously the books are so much more colorful and detailed, 
you get so much yeah. more out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But the, all the beats are the same. Like the major plot points are all the same. Like, I, I know they sort of like move around some characters, especially with the Sansa stuff. There's some very different things happening with her in the books. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I might have to go back. I am curious to see. How, there are so many characters, so many names uh, and places and locations. It's really, <laughs> I found that I've had to keep um, subtitles on during when I'm watching the <laughs> show because I can keep the names straight and, the, you know, all the places and stuff. But, um, yeah, it's 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 amazing the following that this has developed, which is another thing I kind of wanted to talk about. And Mark, you can now join back in on the conversation Mm -hmm. a little bit, but about spoilers in general, (laughs) like what do you think is the, like at what point should people have been expected to see the show? Does it matter? (laughs) Like at what point, you know, cause I always think like the show airs, you've had the chance to watch it. Then if you miss it, it's up to you to avoid Boy, social yeah. media, right? Not I tell. Think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I what agree about with that? <laughs> what do you think, Mark? Um, I I don't know. I'm so sensitive to spoilers. <laughs> so, if I get what you're saying, like if you are interested in something, go see it, and then. But you know, I don't know. I think for a, like a TV show, I think a week would be a safe bet. Um, but then again, like you want to interact with the world and like get <laughs> other people's opinions and thoughts on what had just occurred. Mm-hmm. And if you wait that long, then it's like, you know, you have the next episode and you can't rehash what happened in the previous. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. And no matter how you deal with it, you're going to upset somebody. So it's almost like it doesn't even matter. Right. Right. But for, for movies, I would say, yeah, movies are different because, yeah, 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 not everybody can go to the movies. Right. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I I would for movies and Jared knows this. um, And this is Star Wars particular. Like, If there's a movie or something I'm really interested in seeing, I will if I go to a movie and a trailer's playing for something I want to see, like I will run out of the theater and not watch the trailer. Wow. (laughs) That's that's intense. Because now that's a crazy person. Yeah. (laughs) Well, they, sh- they do show too much. so much in the trailers it's, it's Yeah, it's annoying and it can ruin movies and like major plot points and twists because they just tell you all this, like everything that happens. Um, yeah, I guess so. Sometimes, like for me, the whole Star Wars thing is a different realm of all of that because like for me, uh, all the stuff leading up to the movie is part of the star Wars experience for me. So to say, I'm going to avoid everything is just like, that's half the fun (laughs) for me is gone. If I can't talk about it or look at things or guess at what's happening. And so, but but for everything else, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't go to the movies enough. So yeah. I like for the star Wars stuff. It's funny. Like I saw most of the trailers for the force awakens. Like I watched them all. Mm-hmm. My husband, mm-hmm. he didn't watch them. He was like, I'm done. I saw the teaser. <laughs> That's but, what I, but, so I saw the teaser for The Force Awakens and I didn't watch any of the full length ones. I like watching, I, I get excited, so I just want to see everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the idea of not seeing anything, but I can't help myself. It's a, it's like yeah. a drug. I just, I know I'll yeah. get to it. But um, yeah, so anyway, but we should talk a little bit about Nan and her work. Don't you think, Mark? <laughs> I don't know. I was enjoying listening to your Game of Thrones conversation. (laughs) (laughs) 
we are really going to have to do a whole roundtable on that because I think we can. <laughs> I think, and Nan would be good because she read the books. That's a whole different perspective. Oh yeah. But um, yeah. so when you did those portraits, was that just for was that just for fun? <laughs> I I did them. Yeah, it was just for fun, and I was. Uh-huh. Um, we didn't have any plans the, for the weekend, and I have a baby now, so. She was mm-hmm. napping, and I was like, I have free time to actually draw for fun, <laughs> and Game of Thrones coming out. So I, I just, you know, pumped out a few. Right. Oh, they're awesome. I love them. Oh, um, thank you. So uh, then let's let's start there, since you brought it up uh, right away. Um, so you had a baby, like, uh, November of last year? Is that? Yeah, well, good. <laughs> um, and how has that changed like what you do as far as as far as work like did you take time off for a while or did you kind of try to do it uh you know as you're developing um i took some time off it was hard though because it's during the holidays Mm -hmm. yeah trying to still sell stuff online while you know staying at home with my baby and um but mostly i didn't i didn't like do any freelance stuff um Mm -hmm. it was all just like you know online orders just fulfilling orders basically yeah right um and now uh well for the first half of the year it was really great because my husband worked from home too so we were just sort of like switching off when we had projects and you know shared responsibility um but now my husband has a full-time job in the <laughs> office away from. um so i'm basically full-time art and full-time mom so yeah it's gotten um pretty complicated (laughs) now do you are you able to actually work during the day or do you have to wait until like your husband comes home and sort of switch off um i work when she naps she takes usually she sleeps for three hours during the day Mm -hmm. um and you'd be amazed how much work you could get done when you know you only have three hours (laughs) you have to do it um so there's no like internet I don't check Twitter. I don't, you know, read email. Right. Um, right. Yeah. I, I don't work when she's awake. Um, we do. I do have someone come in a couple of days a week to watch her sometimes. Oh, that's good. To, yeah. So, I mean, and I work on the weekends when my husband's home. So it's working out okay. Um, I have had to say no to a lot more stuff. Than yeah. That, that was going to be my question. Do you now, do you have like see yourself having to prioritize works? Um, like yeah. specifically new projects yes. and clients coming in, you have to say like yes and no with this, um, like this different schedule in mind. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it ha- it's really just being more selective. I used to pretty mm-hmm. much say yes to almost to anything, any, almost <laughs> anything that, you know, interested me. And mm-hmm. now I have, even if it's interesting, if it's something that I know is like, not going to pay well or if it's not going to be worth my time then right. um i have to say no unfortunately hmm yeah i guess that would i mean to me that sounds like pretty similar to everybody i know that has kids uh, yeah. you know that are juggling <laughs> it, whether that's the husband uh, staying mm-hmm. at home and, and working from home but um so i i kind of want to go back a little bit to how you got into art because I know from listening to you were on the master of one podcast. I think that's right. I first heard you on, right. a, on an interview um, that you mentioned that you were self-taught that you didn't go to school specifically for art. Um, so how did you find your way to illustration as a career? Um, I was just doing it for fun on, on like on the side when I had a day job. 
Um, and I was posting things on Etsy, like anytime I do something, I'll just put it on Etsy. And eventually it just started, people started buying stuff. And this is back <laughs> when like Etsy was sort of like much smaller and like more community and like, you know, mm-hmm. smaller artisans, not these like big companies and like, there's all these like warehouses right. on Etsy now. It's crazy. Um, yeah. so that's how it started. And then it sort of shifted from selling on Etsy to doing commissions. Cause I was doing like portrait couples, portraits of people, um, for like their wedding invitations or something like that. Um, yeah. and from there I just started drawing for fun and a lot of that turned into fan art. Uh-huh. Um, and then fan art turned into gallery work, which is yeah. crazy. And it's just been basically that since, yeah, since I started gallery stuff. So you were a self-taught illustrator. I want to jump back yeah. for a second here. Um, did you ever have instruction at any point or were you like just started drawing on your own and, um, you know, kind of developed this style? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, in high school, I had a sketchbook mm. I drew all the time. Um, I did, but I was into portraits back then. It's crazy. Right. Um, and um, I didn't take any art classes in high school because I was like, I already know how to draw. I don't need to take a class. <laughs> Just so stupid. And, like, I wish I could take it because I probably would have had, like, so many friends from, like, an art class. Um, and, you know, learn stuff, too. And in college, I, I took, like, a figure drawing class. But most of the stuff I do is all just self-taught, like, especially the digital stuff. It's just all stuff I've, you know, just taught myself. <laughs> so when you were starting out, were you doing traditional stuff or, or were you? Yeah. You start, okay. So starting what out, you... it, it was like pen, ink, watercolor. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much it. Markers. And was that something you had done like your whole life? Like, were you always kind of into drawing and just didn't think to pursue it as a as a career? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I didn't think that was like a career you could pursue. I think, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, was, so, I just never thought of it as a career. So did you ever work as like a staff artist somewhere or has it always been freelance no. for the most part? Always freelance. Yeah. I've never been in an office doing art. <laughs> I wonder what that's like though. <laughs> did you get to a point though, where you made a decision that like that you actually made this decision that this is what you were going to do or did it just, slowly take over what you were doing well but yes to both kind of because mm-hmm. it was like mm-hmm. uh i was doing all these commissions and i was getting so many because i was featured on this blog that was a huge following and i was at this job that was just awful and it's just like a temp job yeah um and i was like i could probably make just as much doing this with these commissions that are coming in than I do with this mm. temp job. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, and it's a temp job, so I could just get another temp job if it doesn't work <laughs> out. So I, yeah, I just, uh, after a while, I was like, all right, I'm going to quit. And if it doesn't work out, then I'll just go back to this this stuff, I guess. Right. <laughs> um, so, so, oh, go ahead, Mark. Starting off with the commissions, was it, 
pop culture stuff from the get go or were people asking you for like personal commissions of themselves? I know you mentioned that you did yeah. a lot of wedding stuff. Was that how it started? That's how it people started. Want- yeah. Okay. But yeah, the pop culture stuff sort of came later and that was more mm-hmm. just me just drawing for fun and posting mm-hmm. it and then right, like right. Uh, Tumblr. <laughs> yeah. Before we, before we leave the education thing though, like yeah. it's kind of a common question that comes up often about whether uh, a student or should go to school, uh, an artist should go to school or if they can sort of get by self taught. Right. Now, obviously you've managed to do it by being self taught, but when you get that, ask that question, like say by a high school kid or someone that's just starting out, what do you say in regards to art school or, or just an mm-hmm. arts education? Do you recommend it or do you encourage them to do their own thing? I guess if that's what they want, if you want to be an artist and you have the means to go to school, then Mm -hmm. that's what you should do. But I know some people can't and that's okay too. Like other other people make it work. So yeah, I don't, I I, I can't say just because I I don't have an education. So I'm like, I don't know what my art would be like today if I had 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 an art education. Right, right. Who knows? I mean... Yeah, I don't know. I, I know you say you don't have an art education, but do you think that your style maybe would have been influenced to go kind of a different direction if you had gone to school? Probably. I, I would assume so. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've seen people who are teachers online who have students, and I've seen them post their students' work, and you can see the influence. So right. I, I, can, I, I feel like I would probably be a completely different artists but who knows i i I I wonder if style is something that is like in somebody sometimes you know or if it's dictated by your influences and you kind of emulate the instructors Mm -hmm. you have and i don't know jared do you have any thoughts on that question too because i know you're on the opposite side where you did go to school for it right yeah i mean i think school is good for a lot of things that people don't think art school is good for the least of which I think is (laughs) developing a personal style. Like I, that I would say that is not why you go to school or or that is not a, you can't expect that as the end result of school. Like I think it's a lot of it is just uh, learning how to sort of take a critique, like a hardcore critique, uh, getting used to people seeing your work uh, other than your family and friends um, like that was the hardest part for me, but probably the most valuable stuff was just, you know, it's like, it's like a mini form of, of a job, like hitting deadlines, uh, having people see sketches, having people see things at, uh, unfinished stages, which can be, uh, extremely uncomfortable still is for me, yeah. but it, it helps you just like, I think that's what school's best for, uh, everything probably, else. I was going to say probably helps you draw things that are out of your comfort zone too, Absolutely. Because I feel like that's something I struggle with a lot is that I, especially now when I don't have a lot of time, I'm like, well, I just want to draw something that I know I can do and, you know, Mm -hmm. bang it out and get it out there. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I can see why that would be a good asset. Yeah. I mean, it forces you to to, to do things that you wouldn't, like you said, wouldn't normally draw or, or to use mediums that you wouldn't normally use. It forces you to do a lot of life drawing, which Mm -hmm. I think uh, it's hard to kind of do the life drawing stuff on your own. Like uh, Mm -hmm. you really have to make an effort. And I think that's one of the best things. Like you learn the value of it there and how important it is. Um, 
So I think, yeah, like school, I don't think it determines how successful anybody is. I don't think someone's more successful because of school or not. But um, I always think it, it's the rare person that uh, could get through a whole, uh, you know, program without learning something, learning something valuable. But again, that, that doesn't determine success, you know, after yeah. school. Or, yeah. Um, so how did you come about your style and has it changed a lot since you were doing those first portraits for people? It's changed. Like it changes like on a monthly basis. I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like I want to like, I'm always like, Ooh, I want to draw something cute and cartoony. So I'm going to do that. Or Ooh, I want to draw a realistic portrait. So I'm going to do that. So, but back then I drew completely different thing. It's like, I can't even look at it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's very, it's very sweet and very simple, but uh, yeah, it's, I don't, I, I can't look at it. <laughs> is it do you do you still have any of it posted is it on your sites or have you taken it all down I, uh it's not on my sites but i'm sure if you just googled Nan lawson um some old stuff would pop up so <laughs> okay well i'll have to do that because i'm sure it's not as bad as you're, <laughs> as yeah. you're making it jared's gonna try and embarrass you now no no <laughs> it's out there so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um you do something that i think is really smart where and there's a couple other artists that do this. Mike Mitchell comes to mind where he and you do this too, where you guys create this series that's like an ongoing series where you have this one specific composition or style and you can just forever keep adding new characters to it. Um, one of them that I think you have the most pieces on is like a it's a bust mm -hmm. um shot of characters and their the back of their heads are to each other and they yeah. kind of have the overlapping yeah. thing yeah. and then you, you did another series where it's like a full body and one character there's two characters one's up on like the top left corner right. and then opposite of the bottom right yeah. the other characters like flipped over right i think this is a really cool idea how did this kind of come to you are you tr was this something that you were mindful of as you were developing your style and just worked with it or did you have something else in mind like selling prints and having this ongoing series um available for your fans um well the back-to-back -back ones which are now called like meet cute style because i did a solo show with gallery 1988 that i called right. meet cute because it was like couples um uh -huh. and but i'd been doing back-to-back -back stuff for a while before that and it wasn't necessarily couples um and yeah, I, I actually, it, it wasn't that long ago, but I don't even remember why I started <laughs> drawing them like that. And the whole like overlapping thing, was, I think was like a mistake I made in Photoshop. And I was like, oh, this looks cool. It's kind of <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's sort of how the back-to-back -back thing happened. It was just, I think, something I did for Gallery 1988 and it just kept going. And, um, right. and then the other ones you mentioned, it's like more cartoony. I did that for another gallery in LA called I Am 8-Bit Gallery. And that series was like specifically for that show. It was another sort of couple, but not like romantic or mm -hmm. um, just like, you know, team duos, dynamic duos. Mm -hmm. um, I actually haven't drawn anything like in that style pretty much since the show. So, Well, the, the really cool thing about it is that you know, you started it for those individual shows, but mm -hmm. now you can continue to add on to it yeah. and people not only 
can they jump on board at any time if you do a character that they like, but they become collectors of that series. So yeah. it's, they want to keep getting the next one and next one. And right. I, I just think that's, it's a really good idea for any artist if they're able to do this is kind of come up with a series of illustrations that tells the story, um, you know, through your work. Right. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, uh, looking through your work, and I'm looking through it as we're talking here, uh, okay. because the your style is so great in that it's not a caricature, and yet it's not a it's photo not. representation of these people yeah. it's very it's as much you as it is them i'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about your process because i have a very hard time when i have to make something look like a famous person like do you go through <laughs> like do you do a lot of versions or does it kind of come to you quickly within your style it gets easier um i'd say half the time i get like for those game of thrones ones i did this weekend it only took me like an hour to do each of them, which mm -hmm. is really fast, I think, for something like that. Um, yeah. And sometimes it, like it comes together really well and really quickly like that. And but sometimes it'll take me a couple of days to get a good likeness mm -hmm. while still like having a little stylistic flair. Yeah. So it, it just depends. Uh, like there's so much like, and when I'm looking through, like so much great pop culture stuff in here. Mm -hmm. Um. Is that something that you are constantly inspired by or do you find, um, I mean, it, like we're, we've talked about this a lot, like how pop culture mm -hmm. stuff gets a lot of attention um, mm -hmm. and quickly and it's harder to get someone interested in, say, a personal project or something brand new. Um, right. how, where do you sort of stand on that? Like, is the pop culture stuff fun for you or do you feel like it's something you need to do? Um, for me, it's fun because I'm like a pop culture junkie. So mm -hmm. I, I like <laughs> I mean, I love Game of Thrones. I, I like I, I like things, and I like drawing the things that I like. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's and especially when it's stuff for fun. Um, yeah, and then of course I do the gallery stuff, which is generally a pop culture focus. Um, yeah. And sometimes those can be a little harder because the the theme or the the subject matter might be something that I'm not as interested in, but I know right. it'll get more eyes on it because it's a popular show or movie. Talking about the gallery stuff, what was the first kind of pop culture gallery that you participated in a show with? Um, I did a gallery in 1988. It was my first. And Do you remember the first, or the show that you participated yeah. with? It was um, the Judd Apatow show. Mm. It was like okay. five years ago, maybe. What was, what was the piece you did for the Judd Apatow show? Um... I did. It was um, now I'm like totally blanking. What's <laughs> Freaks and Geeks. I did um, a, ah, okay. Yeah, um, a portrait of, and I'm blanking again. The guy with the glasses. It's so funny because I was like so obsessed with that show when when I did that art show. Um, now I can't remember any of it. Um, was it like a headshot kind of thing that you like? Yeah, it, it was. It was a portrait, but it was a very cartoony, very different style than how I draw now. But it was still, you know. And it sold that night. It was a big deal to me because I this first gallery show, first gallery sale. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, but it was it was a print because I since I work digitally, right? Well, but someone has that is like a one of one of one. Bill Haverchuk, that's his name. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so now you've done a lot of these group shows uh, with gal- with the different galleries in the Los Angeles area and, and beyond. Um, but you did also do a solo show with them uh, mm-hmm. la- last year, I believe. Was that the first one last year or was that? Last year. Yeah, that was my first. So tell me a little bit about that. Was that like high pressure to you? Were you excited about that? Were you scared about doing that? <laughs> Uh, I wasn't scared. I was definitely excited. Mm-hmm. I was nervous. I was like, I don't know. I I did the back-to-back style and I'd known that people liked that style because I had done it a few times before. So that's, I, I was pretty confident about that. And I tried to keep the characters that I did, you know, something that everybody could, there are different, so many different genres. So I felt mm-hmm. like maybe... Something right. there's something for everyone, basically. Um, right. I mean, I was like terrified the, the opening night, but yeah, <laughs> go, build, building up to it, I, I I wasn't scared. And so, how many pieces did you end up doing for that show? Ah, uh, I think it was like twenty. Wow, just twenty. Wow. And how much time did you give yourself to to do those twenty pieces? Um, five, four or five months. Okay. Yeah. And and how did that go for you? Like, was that tight or was that about um it was enough time i had i i had to do i had to plan it out because i i was getting it printed professionally so they needed time you know ahead of the show right Um, and there was a little bit of a last minute scramble but not too bad Mm -hmm. Um, and so then you had to get everything framed and did you do the actual hanging or did the gallery do all the hanging and that kind of stuff they did the hanging thing yeah I mean, because everything was all the same size, so it's super mm-hmm. easy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I wasn't very specific about where things needed to go. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was That's... like, I-, I trust you guys. You know what you're doing. <laughs> so it was a. sounds like it was a good experience, though, overall. It was great. It was awesome. It was better than I expected. Really? <laughs> yeah. My, my expectations were like, oh, I thought it'll do all right. Like, you know, because it's a solo show. Is that their, like, side gallery that they just do the solo shows at? And mm-hmm. Is like far away from everything, <laughs> so I do, I wasn't expecting it to be like this amazing, huge thing, <laughs> but uh, it it did really well. I was really surprised. Yeah, it, yeah. Now, did you do prints as well as originals, or like what did you it was, sell? It was all prints because I I just do digital work, mm-hmm. so it was just um, limited edition, like small, very small, like twenty of each. Um, yeah. And the lot sold out, so yay. <laughs> oh, well, that's great. Yeah, that's all you care about, really, in the end. <laughs> so, like, so many people out there want to be doing exactly what you're doing. You know, you are doing your art in your style, uh, doing fun subject matter and doing it for places like Gallery 1988, doing your own show. What advice, and you must get this question all the time, but what advice do you give to someone who wants to uh, get involved with Gallery 1988 or, or the similar galleries? I know there is sort of a application process at, at certain points of the year, but in terms of their artwork, like what would you recommend someone do if they want to be considered for, for these kinds of shows? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, well, what I did is I just kept making art and I kept posting it and sharing it and tagging it. And I started pretty, you know, far back, like early two thousands, well, mid two thousands. So yeah, I mean, I, I think I opened my Etsy shop like 10 years ago, so mm-hmm. it's, 
it's been a very slow process. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess it just had be like, have patience, just keep doing what you're doing. And ho- hopefully, you know, you'll, you'll get to where you want to be. I mean, there's just, it's, there's so many people out there trying to get there. To do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's hard. (laughs) Just just don't, you know, don't give up. Wedding portraits. That's, that's the answer, right? Yeah. Honestly, like if you want to make some good money, that is the answer. Like people want those. (laughs) So Jared, have you ever done, I know you hate the, doing the likeness of like personal commissions. Have you ever done a wedding portrait before? I've, I feel like we've asked this question, but I don't remember the answer. Yeah, we were. T- I think we talked about this with Dave and Tom. Um, yeah, I, I, mm. I have. I did it early on at the beginning. I think everybody goes through uh, like a phase like that where you're doing a lot of things, whether it's for <laughs> family or just, you know, small oh, yeah. jobs or, you know, people want to, you know, at the beginning, everyone wants to give you 50 bucks and, and expect like some great <laughs> artwork from it. And sadly, when you're young and new, you, you think, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. You take you, it. Yeah. I'm getting paid for artwork. That's, that's the point. But, yeah. um, I, like I said, I am not a character artist, so it, it's real yeah. painful for me to try to, uh, to get a likeness. Like if you look at anything yeah. I do where it's uh, existing characters, everything is based on the, the costume or the hairstyle or, right. you know, yeah. something that you can, I can grab onto, but it's not that their face looks just like them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Have you done it, Mark? Have you, I mean, I know you don't really do. So like- <laughs> I, I have one little, horror story about something <laughs> similar to this. Oh, good. It's not, it's not a wedding. <laughs> it's not a wedding portrait. Um, and th- so this may take a little while for me to tell. Oh, so geez. S- sit, sit back and get comfy. Yeah. Um, so a couple years ago, I did like a very small solo show at this little gallery called Fan Alley in Anaheim, um, where I did like six by six squares of paper cutouts from different pop culture characters. And I guess somebody came into the show or the the store gallery and saw it up on display and asked the the owner for my contact info. And you know the stuff that I do for paper and like just paper cutouts in general, you it's all it's very difficult to capture someone's likeness. Um, it's very very cartoon and like colorful. So just the fact that somebody went out to get my information to ask me to do like a portrait of a real person in these paper cutouts is a little bizarre to begin with. Mm. Um, Jared, you've seen a couple of the the stuff that I've done and it's like, it's not, it doesn't look like people at all. Like I've done Muppets, I've done uh, like adventure time characters, but that's about as realistic as it gets. So anyways, I get this email from a random guy and, you know, if you send an email, you can like choose to have your avatar as like a picture of you or an illustration or something. Mm-hmm. This guy had like a professional Hollywood headshot. <laughs> so uh, I immediately Google this guy and uh, he's like the Z grade celebrity who was in like a couple of like direct to DVD horror films. Mm. And um, anyways, I only bring that up because I, he was he was Googleable, and from that, like I could see his social media stuff. Um, but anyways, his request was to, for me to paperize his girlfriend 
as Batwoman or Batgirl. So I had to get Batgirl, but make it look like his girlfriend in a Batgirl costume while paper cuts. That is too. that is such so. a perfectly non-art person <laughs> request. Like it's so crazy. None of that makes sense. Like at the, all. Like the the horror story part of this is you know he was a horror actor, but because he was so like. I don't know, accessible and like I could find out exactly about him. I saw his social media and he's married with kids and the girl that he was asking me to do this for was somebody else. (gasps) So not only was this like an impossible ask, that like layer on top of it just made me super uncomfortable and like I just denied the job outright. Um, So then... (laughs) There's my fun story yeah, for yeah. man. You Los Angeles people, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, why? Why would you ask? But why would you ask for your your mistress? One uh, right, like I don't know. In a character that has a mask on, right? <laughs> so that's not going to look like anybody. Uh, and in paper cut, like I can't think of a worse. <laughs> combination of requests i have no idea maybe that's it, why it so was, they wouldn't recognize the mistress behind the, uh, the no clue crazy uh so uh, there is a few things i wanted to talk about like you mentioned on <laughs> m of one uh uh-huh. nan like you had an aversion to backgrounds which i immediately uh totally <laughs> responded to uh, like i wonder if you can talk about that a little bit like is that just something that's always been like you just like to draw the characters or yeah I just, I've always liked drawing people and, mm-hmm. um, so I never really taught myself how to draw backgrounds cause uh-huh. I self-taught. Um, so now when I have to do backgrounds, it's pretty tough. It's yeah. tough. <laughs> I'm getting better at it cause I'm trying to like force myself to do more stuff with backgrounds to like, you know, expand, um, right. my portfolio cause right now it's pretty, pretty much all character stuff. So yeah, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the, I'm the same way. Like I love doing the character work. The background stuff is always a little, like I always have to find some way into it to make it interesting. Yeah. Like yeah. W- one, I'm terrible with perspective. Like that's why everything mm. I do is so flat. But um, mm. and then like I'm not great with things like uh like cars. Like I hate drawing cars. Like I don't mean oh, like yeah. Disney <laughs> Pixar cars. I just mean like cars in general. Yeah. Like, is there anything like that for you too that you just dislike drawing? Um, yeah, cars are definitely one of them. Um, <laughs> I'd say perspective is hard. I'm, I'm trying to be better about like landscape stuff because you can go so abstract with landscapes. Um, mm-hmm. So it should it should be easier, but for some reason it's just not. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that's probably part of the perspective issue. Or um, yeah. Yeah. It's, what about Sorry. you, Mark? Is there anything you hate drawing, or are you other than well, mistresses and background? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think I tend to gravitate towards the character stuff too. But anything that like you can boil down to basic shapes, I would kind of gravitate towards. I mean, if I don't necessarily have a style, but I tend to do more like icon type graphic design illustrations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So anything that you can really boil down to basic shapes, I'll gravitate towards. 
Um, I mean, I'm probably right there with you guys in saying that the landscapes are really difficult. Um, like a building or a house, I would just make as like mm-hmm. a, a square and a triangle. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, my artistic ability is is not not as advanced as you guys. <laughs> I just feel like whenever I try to draw a background, it always just looks so busy and muddled and Mm -hmm. like there's too much happening. And maybe it's just me because I just don't know how to do it properly. But Well, I think for you guys, as you both do character stuff so much and like you can really focus on the details of the characters, you probably like with backgrounds, like you said, you can be a little bit more abstract. But I think... Because you guys are so used yeah, to getting get, all the details in, you can't yeah. kind of let go of yeah. and just let the background be a little bit more subtle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, totally. So, Nan, do you use uh, Photoshop primarily? Yes. Okay. So, like, that's the hard part for me is I use Illustrator almost exclusively. So, like, yeah. backgrounds in Illustrator are just rough because you're basically yeah. making <laughs> every single thing and even yeah yeah, and even if you're replicating you have to make it look like it's not a you know cut and paste of the the other tree that's there and you know (laughs) illustrator's just terrible at implying anything it's like bold statements (laughs) you know everything so uh, to me it's just a it's a like a chore to do it um you mentioned in in one of your posts earlier this month like about the middle of august or so that you were in an art funk Wonder if you can, can you kind of describe that? Like, what were you feeling at that point? What did that mean? Um, I, I go through these like cycles of being like, what am I doing? I'm just doing pop culture art. I should be doing books or stuff like that. So I just get in these funks of like, like I need to do, I need to do something different. I need to like move my career in a different direction because this Mm. is just, um, but in the end, I always sort of come back to doing portraits and it's what I like to do and it's what I'm good at. So, mm-hmm. so um, like that, I think that particular post was when you did the wizard pattern, uh, yes. which is, which is just lovely, like oh, kind of different you. than what yeah. we've seen from you before. I mean, the style's similar to your characters, but it's more yeah. uh, object based. Was that, yeah. how did that come about? I, I've been posting art to society six for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sort of their format has sort of changed to be more like apparel and home goods based. Unless I mean, they still have art prints, but it's definitely more focused on clothing. So it's like if I did a pattern, it would look really cool on some of this stuff, like the backpacks and the leggings. Um, right. So I was like, well, I could do patterns, but you know, the pop culture twist. Um, so yeah, that's how that started. <laughs> uh, it's really very nice. Like, is that something? you would go into or do more or, is it, or am I just not seeing yeah. it on your no um I did one other one that's like more Mary Poppins mm-hmm. right um and yeah I'd love to do more um it's a really good thing to do uh when you don't have a whole lot of time to sit down and do like a major piece of art because it's like a lot of little drawings all put together so I could do one aspect and then walk away you know, mm-hmm. baby, and then come back and um so that's kind of refreshing. Too. So then what did you do to get out of that funk? Cause I think a lot of people do exactly <laughs> what, what you s- just mentioned. Um, Oh, oh I'm crying, baby. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. okay. She has her daddy. It's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, sorry. What was the question? 
<laughs> I was gonna say, what do you do to get out of that funk or when you're feeling that way what is there something um, that you do I think I'm still kind of in that funk um I think I just I, I kind of just take time off and think about what I want to do if do I want to try to draw more stuff for kidlet and if I do should I you know work on more kidlet style stuff which I do sometimes um uh, yeah, usually I just sort of, you know, think and just have me time. <laughs> yeah, right. Step back from, from everything for a bit. <laughs> what about, do, do you ever get that mark? Do you ever, like, I know you have like a day job where you're doing stuff at the office, so it's, it's a little harder yeah. to, you know, like step away. Like, do you get those same feelings? Um, do you mean like... Person like personal work or professional well work whatever whatever yeah um so i guess i'll answer both so professionally uh a lot of you probably already know that i work at mazda and the stuff like that i work on there is so like we have to follow brand guidelines so hard that it's pretty easy to you know keep coming up with new stuff just as long as it stays on brand um but for personal stuff it really depends on the project. I mean, I, I have like a growing list of things that I want to do and I never can get to them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I If I ever have like a funk, I'll just push pause on this current project and then start another one. So it kind of <laughs> gives you, it'll give you like a, a different perspective because like the thought process you have in trying to problem solve this one project, uh, if you get stuck, you go to a different project, you like your gears start working in a different way. And then once you go back to that original one, you have like a different perspective and mindset that you probably will be able to overcome or tackle it in a different way. Mm. I don't know if that answers your question, but it made sense in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's different for everybody, I think, but I think it's a common yeah. thing. Like, when people always ask the question, like, how do you stay inspired? I think that's basically what they're asking, right? Like, is mm-hmm. how do you kind of keep keep on going and stuff? Um, like, for me, one is financial. Like, like uh, if I start thinking about <laughs> money and jobs and the future, like, that starts kind of <laughs> stressing me out. I'm like, no, 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 be happy with, you know, you should be happy with this crappy work as opposed to no work because <laughs> that would be more stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm always kind of gloom and doom, like, this is it. You had a good mm-hmm. run, but now it's over, you know? Like, <laughs> so it's, I think for me, it's more about managing that kind of stuff. But I do get to those points where I'm like, you're, you're doing the same thing over and over again, you know? And those, those feelings, I think, are a little bit harder to shake. But, um, I don't know. It's like yeah. sometimes just going to bed makes all the difference, you know, like, yeah. like waking up. I th- So, I mean, kind of going back to my answer too, I think it's just being able to kind of hit reset and whether that means like getting a good night's sleep or taking on a different project or starting a new one, I think coming back, like you should have a different set of eyes, or like a fresh set of eyes that'll hopefully, I don't know, shake off the, the funk if you will <laughs> yeah so i'm Nan, i'm looking at this the sesame street pieces that you did uh which i oh, yeah. those are great. I, love I love those, those. pieces they're really nice. great but they're um they're very different uh they have a very different feel from your other stuff like how did you come about that style and was it like 
intentional for this specific project? Um, yeah, it was definitely for this project specifically. Um, Gallery 1980 asked me, or Tree in the Rock, I guess it's their kids' line of art. Mm. They asked me to do these Sesame Street-inspired characters. And a lot of my stuff is more, you know, loose brush stuff. And it didn't really work with those um, puppets because they're all just very, like, one big color Mm-hmm. blob you know with eyes right. so right. i was like how can i make this have detail without you know taking away from what they are which is just like fuzz fur um so that's how that style sort of came up it's like i just add like crazy little details um but keep it simple it looks like a very time-consuming style. Like, was that? <laughs> <laughs> did it? I mean, it looks tedious because of all the, it's the intricate very, line work. Very tedious. Yeah, yeah. It's just basically just like little lines, just over and over and over and over again. <laughs> um, but also, it was kind of relaxing because yeah. it, it, you're just not really. It's just like you're on autopilot and just listen to a podcast and just do some lines. <laughs> Um, and so what yeah, I were kinda, those prints? Yeah, yeah, they're oh, okay. prints. I think they're still for, available. Okay, um, cool. Through them. Go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, commenting on uh, what Nan was saying, I, I also enjoy getting lost in like mm-hmm. just the repetitiveness of some projects. Like mm-hmm. once you get the bulk of it down and it's just mm-hmm. to the point where you have to churn it out and like spend the hours, I kind of like – getting lost in the minutia of projects. Oh, that's crazy. Like, see, I'm the opposite. Like sometimes I, I, I do the fun stuff up front, you know, and then when it's repetitive stuff like that, I almost wish I had an intern or something and say like, you know, okay, just keep doing this. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, there was a couple of other things I wanted to say about some of these specific pieces in your portfolio. One of them that I really loved was the uh, Cinderella stuff you did for the, Mm. the Mary Blair show. Um, And, and what I, loved about these pieces particularly is like you kind of did Mary Blair without just emulating her style. Like what was your, what was sort of your approach on, on that piece? Cause they're really, really wonderful pieces. Yeah. I, I, uh, I wanted to do her Cinderella stuff cause I, that's my favorite of her um, concept art. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it was hard cause I was like, it, it is, it looks very similar to what she did, but I kind of wanted to just put my own spin on it without, you know, taking too much from her. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I I just looked at all of her art and like took little pieces from different things and sort of mashed it all together, sort of create something that looks like it could have been her, but Mm -hmm. isn't quite hers, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and these were all digital, I assume, right? Everything? Yes. Di- okay, okay. Because it's, it's got such a nice painterly yeah. quality to it. I wonder if yeah. Mary Blair would be digital these days if she were still <laughs> <laughs> around and creating. Cause, I don't know. Maybe. Why not? Um, she seemed like a forward-thinking lady. Yeah. <laughs> so what were some of your inspirations like growing up? Like, were you always a pop culture kid or did it come yeah. sort of later? Yeah. What were I, some of the things that you loved growing up? I loved TV. <laughs> <laughs> I was a TV kid and reading. I loved to read too. Don't uh-huh. I loved books. Yeah. So if I wasn't watching TV, I was reading a book. Uh, like, I was like heavy, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and like okay. everything Joss Whedon did. 
Um, mm. And like I read all the Harry Potter books, of course, but also like you know tons of random series that probably don't even be, that aren't even printed now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was just always into like and like when my parents were like, "What do you want to do with your life?" I was like, "I don't know, something in TV, I think." Um, <laughs> I was like, well, "I don't know, maybe like you know writing or I don't know." Um, and I did actually major in film in college. So Oh, you did? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always been my passion. <laughs> so when you picked film as a major, what did you, did you think you were going to do television specifically or, or films? Um, I was into film. I, mm-hmm. um, I never really thought of myself. I like, I loved consuming TV, but I never yeah. really considered my um, voice or aesthetic to be television based. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was, I was just, I was like, I'm going to be either a writer or a cinematographer or an editor. I couldn't decide either. <laughs> <laughs> so what were some of your favorite films or what were some influential films on you when you were, when, you know, as you decided to, to go into the, the industry? Um, probably mostly Wes Anderson stuff. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, I saw Rushmore in theaters and that like kind of changed my perspective on like what you could do with a movie because it was so weird, mm-hmm. but like yeah. good in a great way. And I was just like, what is this? So yeah, definitely Wes Anderson was my biggest influence back then. <laughs> still That's pretty cool. much still there. Yeah. Um, so do you go to the movies a lot uh, these days too? Uh, or I, now that you have a kid, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I used to. Um, we try now we just go when it's like the big tent pole stuff. Like, you know, all the Marvel and Star Wars, um, just because, you know, those are, you know, you want to see that on the big screen. Um, and we're big right. fans. Like, I love Star Wars, so I need uh, to see that in the theater. Um, what, what was the last thing you guys saw in the theater? I don't know. <laughs> what was the last thing we saw in the movie theater? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh... <laughs> It's a really good <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I saw Wonder Woman with a friend of mine. I oh, think you did. that might have been the last thing I saw. In Guardians of the Galaxy. <gasps> Guardians of the Galaxy. That's what oh, we okay. Saw. Okay. So, so what did right. you what did you think of Wonder Woman? I loved it. I mean, I I had issues with the um, the big bad. <clears throat> I thought it was a yeah. little little underwhelming uh-huh. <laughs> uh, at the end there, but I thought Gal was great and. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I loved how sweet she was, but also strong. And yeah. I love Chris Pine too. I thought he was awesome and funny and cute. Yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, I agree. I'm not a, I, I, and I don't like DC movies. I, I, <laughs> like, I don't think a lot of people do, but um, <laughs> that was probably their best one. Oh, totally. By mm-hmm. far, I'd say too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I went in with like very low expectations for it. I was excited to see it, yeah. but I'm like, okay, this is probably going to stink like the other films um and so i was blown away but i think because my expectations were so low Mm. but i i loved it like yeah i don't go to the movies much but i went and saw that twice actually so yeah so i really did enjoy it guardians mm, not as much (laughs) but (laughs) did you miss uh spider-man oh we saw spider-man too see yeah we we try to make yeah we try to do the big ones the marvel ones yeah Yeah. like because there are a lot of little like we didn't see baby driver which you know Ed, that was pretty good. We're big Edgar Wright yeah. fans, so that was kind of a bummer. Um, yeah, so, so does that does that mean you won't go into theaters until November for Thor? Then 
You had a couple months off? Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't think there's another movie. I mean, we're talking about seeing it maybe, but uh-huh. that, that, yeah. that could probably be okay at home too. We have a nice TV. You you could probably take your baby to see that. Yeah, oh, yeah. she'd be fine. She'd just sleep through the whole thing. Now, have you read the book? It. Um, I've read like three quarters. It's very long. <laughs> it is very long because we're we're gonna probably go see it. Um, and I was gonna get the audio book. I thought, well, I'll I'll listen to the audio book uh, before I see mm-hmm. the movie, just to you know try to get a, an understanding of it and see how it compares to the book. The audio book is forty four hours. Yeah, oh I, well, that, that's God. what I did. I, yeah, we did the audio. I did the audio book. That's insane. Honestly, I, know. Actually, I don't know if I'm even halfway through. Jared, <laughs> if you start now, you might be able to finish it by the like time the movie comes 44 out. 44, like a, that's over a week's work, right? Listening to <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know. Well, I, maybe oh I'll just God. see the film. But I, I, I've yeah. heard that's that the crazy. film is going to be like two parts. I think it's a two-parter. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't mean I I haven't even seen That's, the original. Oh, so w- what I'm going to do is see the new one, then I'm going to go back and watch the the, uh, the the original one and then I'll never listen to the audio book. <laughs> but the the original one you mean like the TV was it a TV movie? The the yeah, Tim Curry? Well, Tim Curry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I didn't watch mm. that either, so I'll, we'll see. Um well, know. all right, before we go too far down mm-hmm. this this scary path because I won't be able to go to sleep tonight. Yeah. I wanted to talk about one more thing before, while we have you. And that is something that Jared and I have both experienced. I knew it. it. This is, is exactly what I was going to ask. <laughs> I know exactly what you're going to ask. Cause I have it up on the screen right in front of me. All here. right. Go so, for it. So, uh, club 33. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's the same. That's the same dance that I did, uh, when I entered the room. Yeah. That's the music. That so, was playing. <laughs> yeah, it's a very it's like a club, it's a club. in Club 33. It, totally. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh did you so Jared and I have different experiences and I'm sure you're aware of both because you've been there. So, there's the dining side and then there's like the bar side, mm-hmm. right? Which did you get to experience? Both. No. Oh. <laughs> look at this hot shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, tell us uh, about your experience, I guess. Well, first of all, are you a Disney pass holder or like a regular Disney goer? Um, used to be Disney pass mm-hmm. holder. Um, mm-hmm. Stopped for a while because it's, it's really expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now with a kid, it's mm-hmm. like, forget it. Um, <laughs> what we're talking about now, if she's getting a little older, so now we're like, maybe we could do it again and it'll be cute watching her experience it. And we took her when we went to Club 33 and she was great. Mm-hmm. Um, oh cool wow yeah so yeah i mean we're big disney fans so how did 33 come about i mean obviously you we don't go. have to get too deep into the specifics but um yeah how did that come about because that's it's on so many people's bucket lists of disneyland yes things. i know right it's crazy. yeah um <laughs> it is um I, a friend of a friend mm-hmm. is always is a, a club 33 member <laughs> um and we, we were, we were just, um, my friend group, my husband also works with two of his friends. And so one of those friends, friend is a club 33 <laughs> member. Um, and so we were sort of celebrating some good news and, and the friend, friend was like, Oh, I'll take you all to, uh, and you, I'll take all your, you and your wives to club 33. 
Wow. And we'll, we'll celebrate. And we're like, Heck yes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's how that came about. So what did you think when you, when you got in there? Like, was it what you thought it was going to be? I don't know. I, I mean, it, there's, it has such a mystique about it. And mm-hmm. then when you go in, it's just, you know, a nice restaurant, a nice bar. It's got like, you know, that Disney flair for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it was it was very lovely, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think just just the experience of being like in this secret space was what you know is makes it so great. Yeah, I agree. And then you can kind of casually toss it off to people like it's no big deal from now on, right? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, I've been there. Yeah, that's yeah. no big deal. And what like, do you- I, I, I mean, uh, in the dining room they have like balconies that you can go out on i was just gonna say that <laughs> yeah so like you're in this like you're like above everybody and you're just like oh, yes. I'm, I'm in this like cool building that you'll never see <laughs> <It's so awful. laughs> where you literally look down on the rest yeah, of the disneyland people <laughs> pretty much and they don't even see you honestly like they're just oh, like yeah. doing their own thing so did you go for dinner or lunch oh we did lunch yeah. and I mean, what what did you have <laughs> um, <laughs> what did I have? Um, it was a pasta. Uh-huh. Um, I can't remember what the protein was, but it was very delicious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and a couple starters. I think there was like a crab cake or something. Um, it was all very good. It was very good. Food. Yeah. Um, definitely the best Disney meal I've ever had. Yeah, I hope so. Oh, yeah. Uh, did you take a lot of pictures? Um, I took a few. My husband took. Yeah, because <laughs> he's like he's the big Disney dude. Like, oh, he is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like he, his family's they they love it. Like his parents, he grew up in um in like Anaheim or not oh, Anaheim, but like right down there. near Disney. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. So they had annual passes and would just go like it was like their playground after school, you know. Oh. <laughs> so that's did you uh, did you leave with any souvenirs? Yeah, uh, well, they have things that you can actually buy. Mm-hmm. Which I right. think we we bought we bought like a, a glass, like a whiskey glass, mm-hmm. um, cool. and then but we also took like napkins and coasters <laughs> and stuff like that. If if I run away from my desk right now, I can grab a handful of those same napkins. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I think that's what all us poor people do: is we take the <laughs> the extra thick paper towels from the fancy bathrooms. And <laughs> yeah, those bathrooms are real nice. Yes. Oh man, yeah. what I forget which episode we talked about this, but yeah, we're we're rehashing all the same <laughs> plot points for our <laughs> visit to thirty three. Yeah. I think we'll have to put a, a special seal on this episode artwork to say. Uh, Club 33 visitor. Oh, dude, yeah. this is the first one, huh? I think so. Yeah, I don't think we had... all. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, what a what a bunch of elitists. I know yeah. exactly. <laughs> all right. So before we wrap up, because I know we're getting closer, I did want to go back to your to your work really quickly and just sort of ask you, like, what is whether it's a goal or a dream job or like what, what do you sort of want to be doing ultimately? Is it more of the same, like doing the, the gallery work and the, the contract work that you're doing, or is there a bigger goal for you? Um, lately I've been really wanting to get into more character design for animation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done a little bit and I've had like that taste and I'm like, Oh yeah, this is cool. I want to do this. <laughs> um, and I know that a lot of that, is still freelance, which is great, but there's also, you can do it full time at a studio too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which I don't know. I, I mean, maybe when my kid's a little older, that might work out. Okay. So that's something. And also I'm, I'm totally interested in doing some picture books. Um, I've been talking yeah. about it forever and like, I just need to get, <clears throat> get myself in gear and just like make one. <laughs> yeah. Um, Do you have stories written already or is that whole part that, of the process? That's, that's, that's the problem. Like I'm, I, maybe I'm just too critical of myself. So I'm like, that story's kind of lame, you know, whatever. But I, <laughs> I, I still haven't really found the story that I want to tell yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, that's probably my biggest thing holding me back doing that. Um, cause I've had people like publishers reach out and be like, would this be something, do you have any ideas? And I'm like, Oh no, sorry. Really? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, it's something if I just, I feel like if I just really just did some soul searching and sat down and thought about it, I could probably figure that out. Um, but I, yeah, that's something I want to get into. Um, yeah. Now on your, on your website, you know, you've listed some things, some of the clients that you've had in the past, which are, you know, nothing to shake a stick at, obviously they're all the big ones, (laughs) uh, Lucasfilm, Disney, HBO, Nickelodeon. Uh, can you talk about any of the work that you did for those companies or are those all covered by an NDA or something? Most of them I think are NDA stuff. And I think a lot of them are technically like, like through gallery in 1988, I sort of got my hands into some stuff. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So doing like um, Steelbook, Blu-ray stuff, like the Lucasfilm thing was like they did this whole like Star Wars extravaganza before Force Awakens came out. So mm-hmm. I did a lot of stuff for that. Um, so yeah, and then like Nickelodeon, I did some you know visual development stuff recently, which I did sign an NDA for. So that's all I can say. <laughs> right. Um, right. Sure. So yeah, just it's it's all kinds of different things. And do you have a an agent, or do you do all of the job searching on your own? Like, are you able to get clients uh, through whatever um, social media? I don't have an agent. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all through word of mouth, and yeah, probably probably Twitter and Instagram. I think I get a lot of people wanting me to like um, do stuff as like an influencer because I have a lot of followers on Instagram. So, uh huh. Mm. Um, but you know, like that I did. Um, stuff for Hulu, which is like their handmaid's tale, um, you know, uh-huh, so- right. social media blitz. Um, so I think that they hired me mostly because of my Instagram following, <laughs> not necessarily because of my art, maybe a little bit of both, but. Oh, definitely. So yeah. can you, can you talk about that a little bit? Like, was that, um, did they give you guidelines of what they wanted to see or were you able to sort of create something? Um, actually it was they basically they're like just use this quote from this episode mm-hmm. and you can do whatever you want with it and so i sent them a bunch of sketches with different ideas and they picked the sketch they liked the most and we went from there now had you were you did you see anything yet or had you read the book or anything um i had read the book um and i hadn't seen anything when i did the sketches but i think by the time i'd done the final art i'd seen the pilot None of that. It didn't really impact my work for what I did um, mm-hmm. for the piece, mm-hmm. but the show's great. <laughs> See, I, I haven't seen the show yet, but the book was uh, pretty pretty bleak stuff. <laughs> the show is very much the same. Yeah. It is. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, it's it's tough. It's a tough watch, but it's very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you ever find that it's difficult to? 
like my stuff is always very light and bright and happy. Mm-hmm. So anytime I have to veer anything too seriously, it's difficult for me. Do you find that that is ever a problem for you or are you able to, you know, adapt to the mood of the thing? Uh, yeah, I tend to stay away from like too much gore <laughs> or, or too much sex. Like I stay away from that sort of stuff. I'm definitely more on the lighter side of things. Um, like I did a piece for Gallery 1988 that was like Carrie, but it's a cartoon yeah. Carrie that's covered in blood. So I like, I, I like I had the gore, but it's still super cute. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I try to keep it on the lighter end. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And I certainly like <laughs> what you've been doing. So why change that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So let, I got one more question for you before we wrap it up. Um, and it is like, so throughout this conversation we've talked about all the different work you've done for galleries and all these different brands uh we've asked this question a number of times to different guests and i think it's a good way to end Uh, what is something that a brand or a gallery or a project that you haven't worked on that you are interested in pursuing i know you said the children's books but is there something specifically like a brand or a property that you'd like to work with that you haven't Hmm. A brand or a property. I mean, I'd love to work at, on anything like Disney, any of the animated mm-hmm. stuff, <laughs> TV, movie, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, Great. that's the dream, right? I mean, <laughs> Disney. Yeah, it is I so funny. Any- yeah, because a lot of people, I think Disney is a dream, and we just yeah. mm-hmm. the episode we just posted with Bill Robinson. He's done work for Disney, right. but. That was yeah. never his dream, really, right? That's like, it funny. wasn't his big thing. Yeah, so it's always interesting to see, uh, you know, where people, like, are hoping to get to. Well, I think also with creatives, they're just never satisfied. So even if you do get the Disney, like, it, you'll want to somehow one-up yourself. Yeah. And the the goal is ever-changing. Yeah. So even, even with Bill, too, like, even Disney, he said, wasn't necessarily the end game. Mm-hmm. Now that he's in there and he's touched all these different facets and departments within disney he still hasn't done officially anything with disney animation mm. so that's like what nice. the goal he's trying yeah. to get to uh-huh. now layers and of disney one, yeah yeah once he gets there it'll probably be like i don't know direct something i don't know <laughs> but um yeah. so i'm sure it'll change so nan what uh, is coming up next for you is there anything you can plug or talk about that's that we should be looking out for um yeah let me look at my calendar um, <laughs> um, so organized yeah, yeah well you gotta be over yeah. the kid um, I have a couple shows at Gallery 98 a couple group shows coming up mm-hmm. um, they have a Bojack Horseman show yeah they have oh, announced yeah. that yet but it's, I'm telling it now it's out um, <laughs> um, and then they have another one with Focus Features um, coming up are you doing yeah. Crazy for Cult this year? I will be doing Crazy for Cult, yes. Cool. Um, and then I um, I will have another solo show next year. Oh, really? Oh, awesome. Yeah, um, in February. Oh, cool. And do you know, I mean, you don't have to say, but do you already have your theme all set out? And I think it's going to be uh, volume two of awesome. what I did last time. So. Meet, that's Meet great. Cutes too. Meet cutes, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, fantastic. Right. We're we'll, we'll definitely going to have to have you back to talk about that show and promote that. Oh, um, totally. Yeah. Next year. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. 
Well, before we wrap up, I just want to say thank you so much to Nan for coming on and spending some time with us. Just so you don't have to say all of your social media handles and how to get in touch mm-hmm. with you. If you aren't already following Nan, we will leave all the links to her website, her store, and all of her social media in our show notes. So be sure to check her out there. Um, for us, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook <laughs> at Squared Co. And I always fall apart here. I know. This is great. I'm glad you got to uh, emphasize all the T's in Twitter there. That was good. <laughs> I, I had to figure out what the next word was, yeah. so I was buying myself time. <laughs> when that. No one could tell. No one could uh, tell. Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> and... All right, so... <laughs> Before we get even more off track yeah. here, you, you guys know how to find us. Just go go look. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the Squared Call podcast with Mark Morris and Jared Maruyama. Goodbye. <laughs>